0: Glenn Geek from Ocala, Florida, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June the 7th, episode number 2698. This episode is brought to you by Kevin Equine. Good morning, Horse World. It's
2: Monday. Monday is my favorite
3: time of year.
1: This is Horses in the Morning with your lovable hosts, Jamie Jennings.
3: I am the Queen. You listen to me!
2: I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular. Glenn
4: the Geek!
5: You look especially radiant today, Your Grace.
4: I'm gonna do a terrific show today because I'm good enough, and doggone it, people like me. Happy Monday!
0: I am from Ocala, Florida, but I'm not currently there. We are in Aiken, South Carolina, and we are at the Aiken Saddlery. I'm so excited to be here, and the person who owns and operates Aiken Saddlery is apparently a long lost relative of mine. Her name is Amy Hebert. Hi, Amy.
6: Hi, Glenn. Thank you for having us, and we're very glad that you're here in Aiken.
0: Well, we're gl- it's so f- much fun to be here, and we got to spend the day with you yesterday. We're going to talk a little about what happened yesterday.
6: We had a fun-filled day yesterday,
0: but we have a whole lot planned for the show today. As you all know, uh, we went on the road. We are doing our first test trip for the road show uh, that we're going to be doing this summer. We're going to be going five weeks into July, into September. We're going to be hitting 14 states and staying at multiple listener farms. Our goal is to get out and meet as many listeners as possible, actually go to them. And we thought, you know, to do that, we better test all the systems. So we're doing this test week, and we started out in in O'Cala on Saturday morning, and we drove six hours. One hour of that was lost. And we drove <laughs> that six
3: happens.
0: six hours. Thanks, Google. And we drove six hours into Georgia to one of our listeners by the name of Alex. You're gonna hear an interview with her later, and her friend Courtney was there, one of one of our other terrific auditors. Uh, and they're in Midville, Georgia. so what we did, we want to get off the main roads as much as possible when we're doing this trip.
6: Highways and byways of the USA.
0: We've seen them all. They all look the same, right? (laughs) Uh, So we wanted to get to the back roads. So we took route 75 up to just before Georgia and we got on the back roads and did the next 220 miles on the back roads through Georgia.
6: You are brave souls.
0: Yes. (laughs) It was interesting. Uh, we, we, uh, saw a lot of peanuts. Uh, growing. We saw a lot of cotton growing. We saw a lot of corn growing. There is a lot of things growing in Georgia. It was mostly Georgia farmland. Is very,
6: South Georgia is very pretty agricultural.
0: We land. saw some deer. We saw a lot of buzzards. Did um, you have
6: any good barbecue? They're well, I get, well, get to I'm that. I get to that. Yeah,
0: you're jumping the gun. So we saw a lot of buzzards. Um, a, a lot of buzzards for some reason in Georgia. Uh, and it then, was a penal
6: colony originally. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then
0: we saw a lot of uh, redneck trucks. There were a lot of redneck trucks in Georgia. Let's, I will throw that in there. I, I uh, think
6: that's a prerequisite. Yeah, <laughs> big truck, big trucks.
0: So we went uh, to Midville. We finally got there and finally got to Alex's beautiful farm. And they had us park the RV overlooking the pond in the pool. It was just beautiful.
6: You've had some choice spots to park your RV these past few days.
0: We have, and we're going to hear from them. We're going to talk a lot about their beautiful place. One thing we didn't touch on is her husband's a farmer and they're fairly young. They're probably late 20s, early 30s. Good for them. And he farms... Almost sixty-five hundred acres.
6: That's a lot of acreage.
0: It, they are doing peanuts and cotton and all the things. They own the the cotton mill and everything. So, it's it's really cool. And the it's town quite is quite an endeavor for them. It is a lot of hard work. It's just you know being farmers. Farmer, farmer is just a hot, farming a hard is hard work, but yeah. we need
6: them. Yeah, we, we need all them. need them. Yay, yep. yeah, farmers support Those your local farmers. Those peanuts that you
0: get, he's growing them. So, Good. <laughs> so that uh, was a lot of fun, and we're going to hear from them. So we have a bunch of things planned for you on today's show. Uh, we have, obviously, we're going to be talking more to Amy here in Aiken Saddleway. You have a couple guests coming up right here on location here. And you guys would love this setting. Jennifer was going to take some pictures. We are amongst the clothing here in Aiken Saddleway <laughs> right now. We're nestled between
6: yes. the Bar shirts and the uh, raincoats. There you go. <laughs>
0: which we needed yesterday. Yes. Uh and we have some we have the listener interviews that we did in in Georgia and we have some friends that are stopping by here today during the show that we're going to be spending the day with later. So we have a whole bunch planned for you here from Aiken, which is the most beautiful town. But first, as always, we have to do some daily winnies. And my daily whinny today, I do not have the birthday sounds. Oh, I do. Here we go. Now, all of you auditors were thinking, Oh, he's going to be on the road and I won't get my birthday named. You're all wrong. I'm going to do it while on the road. And we have auditor birthdays, Kayla Perry, Gina Moronic, uh, Elizabeth Lacoste, and also raising pledges in this past week, uh, were Courtney Dew and Lisa Glasgow. So, uh, thank you for raising your pledges. And, and actually Courtney, you're going to hear from a little bit later. And at dinner that night, she said, my pledge is not high enough. So she went on and and raised her pledge. Thank you, Courtney. You didn't have to do that. Well done. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your store. Tell us a little bit about it.
6: We, Aiken Saddlery itself has been here since 1979. And my husband, Charles, and I bought the business, uh, well, seven years in August. We'll have owned it. Uh, Tell everybody
0: be. what you did before.
6: Uh, I worked at the racetrack. I was at Monmouth Park for 25 years, galloped racehorses, had an assistant trainer's license, and I rode amateur flat races all over the world. Did
0: you ever jockey once? I did. A race? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Many times. Yeah. As an
6: amateur, not as a professional. I've ridden up and down the East Coast, got to ride at Arlington Park right before the Breeders' Cup, which was beautiful, and I've been overseas to Russia, Italy, oh, wow. France, Switzerland, England, um, Sicily. It was fantastic. i um, Amateur Riders Club of the Americas, which is a group that's run, governed by the Fedgentry, which is the Federation of Gentlemen Cavaliers in Europe. So I was very, very lucky to get to do all those You've things. You've done a lot in your I life. I have done a lot.
0: <laughs> it was fun. What made you want to buy a tax shop? You were buying yours about the time we were getting out of it.
6: <laughs> we were in the right place at the right time. Uh, my husband had wanted us to relocate from New Jersey down here, and our neighbor knew the owner, and it just, I grew up in a retail setting, and it kind of all fell into place.
0: And what has surprised you about owning a tax shop?
6: How busy we are. Yeah? It's extremely busy. I think we ended up in Aiken as it started to to bloom and grow and the you know i kind of thought well, it will take five years and it'll kind of be nice and easy but we've just more and more people come in the door that are new more and more people are moving here more and more horses are coming here more horse shows more events more driving more dressage even with covid happening um it seems like the horse industry here in aiken is is booming
0: well, we, um, I had been here once before for the American Driving Society. We came up when, when uh, Dr. Wendy and I came up and we brought the carriage, herb carriage and horses up and we did the carriage drive through Aiken and what there were probably maybe 30, 40 carriages uh, at that drive and we were, drove through downtown. And what is the street that just off of where you live? You have a beautiful house, by the way. Uh, right off where you live that. Oakline Street that you go under South Boundary South oh Boundary Oh god is that has to be one of the most beautiful roads in America
6: Gorgeous street and all the time there's people taking pictures out there you know you try to drive well, by there's graduates all oak there's trees, weddings right? they are
0: live oaks Live oaks and they come over the road they have a canopy in, and they make a canopy oh, it is such a beautiful canopy and then the houses all the houses along that old part of town are what 1920s
6: at late 1800s early 1900s yeah
0: which was what makes this I gotta say we've been to Norco California Horsetown, USA we've been lived in Lexington we live in Oca- we live in Ocala we've been to a lot of the horse towns in this country doing this job this is one of the quaintest. Because the all the old architecture is beautiful and, and the uh, old oak trees are still there. and uh, Aiken
6: has been preserved historically. The, the houses that it were built were built very aesthetically pleasing. There's beautiful brick walls downtown. We have a horse district in town where the roads are dirt and most of the houses have barns. Carriage houses. It, carriage houses yeah. as well. Yes. And it is, we are very lucky to live here. And, and back to South Boundary for a minute. Um, a just recently, an anonymous donor paid to have the trees trimmed, and then they decided to take the power lines and put them underground. So the the power oh. lines were kind of anti-tree. Yeah, tree, well, trees and power lines wanted, don't get along. <laughs> you know, the power lines to stop, so uh, someone... Actually, I think there were two different situations where money was donated. And so the power lines are now underground and the trees are trimmed and can continue their wonderful, glorious life here because it is a very special place to be.
0: It is cool. If you get a chance to go to Aiken, you definitely need to do that. Check out South Boundary. Uh, (laughs) And we'll talk more about what's here and what kind of riding's here and all of that stuff a little bit later in the show. But first, let's go back in time to like a day ago (laughs) two days (laughs) ago (laughs) when we were in georgia in rural georgia and we got to meet our wonderful auditors alex sandiford and courtney Dew, and we had we got to have a little chat with them and i want you to hear that now
6: thanks super
0: well we are so excited that in this first interview from the road on our official road show tour we are with alex and courtney are both auditors and we're here in midville georgia and guys, it's thank you so much for having us here. Yeah, oh, absolutely. We've loved it. This has been so much fun. Well, we arrived yesterday. Before we get into learning more about you, which is what everybody wants to hear about, uh, we arrived yesterday, and uh, I have two things about driving through Georgia. So we drove up uh, on Route 75 in Florida and then got off in Florida and drove the back roads for 200-plus miles through Georgia. I mean back roads through Georgia. So one thing I have to ask you is: Is there a state law that only Baptist churches are allowed in Georgia? Because we must have seen a thousand Baptist. We churches. would go
1: through an intersection in the middle of nowhere, and there would literally be four different Baptist churches pointing the different directions of the compass. It was amazing,
5: and they're all slightly different denominations.
1: Every, every flavor in the rate, all of them. It's yes. great.
2: And if you're in Midville, there also is a Methodist church. So we oh. only have a Baptist church and a Methodist church.
0: So the Methodists are represented. They are. They, they are.
2: We, we found one Jehovah's Witness. They're represented.
5: It just depends on where you are in Georgia, because closer to military installations, you get everything under the sun. And then even in Savannah, Savannah's got the big Catholic churches and yeah. and lots of that. Yeah, but
1: military installations are great for variety.
0: Yes, yeah. lot, especially
5: food. Oh, that's the best part. That's <laughs> the best part. It always comes back
1: to the Yes, we
5: always found
0: military installations because her brother was in the military. We visited a lot of them. Right outside the gate is always pawn shops and strip clubs, and then once you get beyond that, it's regular stuff.
5: Yes, <laughs> indeed, the essentials. Yes. The essentials, right? <laughs> Although they have cut cut down on a lot of the strip clubs. Fort uh, Benning heavy. is still pretty yeah. heavy because that's infantry. Um, but oh, around, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It all depends on what military installation you're at and what the what they do for a living. That will depend on what you have right outside the gate. That's <laughs>
2: funny. Really blow your mind. There used to be a strip club in Midville. What? In this little yeah, tiny town? So we can talk <laughs> about that later. This is a tiny town. There's not even a red light in our town, but yes, there is it's a strip club. A, a stop sign town.
0: Yes. 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 So the other thing I, we have to complain about on our way up is we went, we were so excited because we went through Vidalia, Georgia. And, and for those of you that don't know, Vidalia is known for their very sweet onions.
2: Glenn, yeah. I'm going to stop you one second. You it's, didn't pronounce
0: it right. It's, it's Vidalia. 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 <laughs> Vidalia. Is that right? <laughs> yes, <Okay.
1: that's>
0: right. <laughs> well, her dad loves Vidalia onions. He makes
1: special trips here. Yes.
0: <laughs> so- we expected to see large fields full of onions, because I've never seen a large field full of onions before, and we didn't see one onion. Not an no. onion. Anywhere. Had you
5: come a few weeks earlier, you'd have seen yep. fields full of onions, oh, but really? you just missed the Vidalia Festival. They just oh, had an sh- onion festival. You could it's, have been in
2: the parade. Do they do
0: yeah. French onion soup at the Vidalia, or they is do that too fancy everything. for Vidalia? They do everything. everything. You can
5: find anything. They had barbecue, they had onion. barbecued onions, grilled onions, <laughs> you name it, and and all kinds of everything in between. It's like a state fair, but for onions. Oh, that's funny.
0: That's (laughs) funny. So you guys, one of the things that I'm always fascinated by is our listeners have such cool jobs. And we have met so many that have really cool jobs. And you both have really cool jobs. So let's start with Alex. Tell everybody what you do.
2: Hey, um, so my muggle job, as I call it, I'm actually a marketing manager uh, for a company called Blanchard Equipment. We are a John Deere dealer. We have 16 locations throughout Georgia and South Carolina. So I get to do some really cool things that are horsey related, such as sponsor events over in Aiken, South Carolina, like Stableview, Bruce's Field. But then also I work on our website, advertising all things John Deere tractors, mowers, and all That good stuff, and it helps that my husband's a farmer, so we actually have John Deere equipment, so I get to test out okay. all my marketing.
0: Let's talk about his equipment as opposed to everybody else's equipment. and I know that sounds bad, but um, his tractors are much bigger than our tractors.
2: Yeah, last night Glenn said, Oh, I saw the tractor out in the yard, that's probably the largest tractor that I've seen. I was like, No, that's our smallest tractor. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to, we'll have to take him
5: over to the other side and show him some yeah, of the big same. equipment. Oh my god,
0: yeah. that oh, yeah. with the oh, four we, wheels in the back, he's got to
2: <laughs> sit in a cart cotton harvester. Yeah, I'll have to see if it's out our cotton picker actually it looks like a transformer it Mm -hmm. folds all the way up and so it actually not only does it pick the cotton but it also rolls the cotton up packages it and spits it out in the back all at the same time like a bale of hay Mm -hmm. like a bale of hay it's like a massive cotton baler wow yeah
0: that's so cool and and, uh, most of the fields i think we saw on the way in are yours
2: Correct. Yes. We, my husband has around 1,100 acres. Um, and then in total, he and my father-in-law have just over, I think, 6,000 acres. That's a, so, lot. That's a lot of acres. It's a lot. <laughs> I don't see him a lot. But hey, I get to do my horse thing and he gets to stay That's on the a farm lot of acres,
0: acres on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah. You mm-hmm. know, in Texas, it's like uh, that's it's a normal Correct. farm. But mm-hmm. here, it's that's a lot of acres. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, Courtney has a cool job.
5: I do. I am the operations and program manager for USO in Fort Stewart. And we also service Hunter Army Airfield, which is in Savannah, Georgia. And then I also cover the entire state. So I am in charge of doing everything we can to support our troops. And that includes um, active duty Army, National Guard, Marines, Coast Guard, Air Force, uh, retirees, and their families. So we go everywhere from Fort Benning, Georgia to Fort Gordon, Georgia, down south to Valdosta, Georgia, and anywhere in between, as well as doing programming in the centers. We welcome all the flights home, we send them all out, and we do it all with a smile. So it's the best job ever. And you feed them. And I feed them. I feed them lots. You feed
0: hungry Marines and Army. And...
5: Oh, yeah. So my favorite <laughs> story of all time with that is um, a few weeks ago, I fed the Marines in Paris Island, and they'd
0: been in the field all week. That's, and for those that don't know, that's where they go to boot camp.
5: Yes. Yeah. And so when the Marines go to the field, they just stay in tents tense, literally tents. No electricity. They do have porta potties, just because they're they're not going to dig cat holes in the in the training well, area. It's
0: only so
3: big,
5: right? <laughs> right? Yeah, it's it's only so big. Um, but we took them catered barbecue, and they loved it. They just had a ball. But afterwards, I said, "Hey guys, I have dessert," and they were all kind of like, "Yay!" But when I said, "Hey guys, I have Oreos," they lost their minds and I got <laughs> bum-rushed for Oreos and it turned into a giant free-for-all of everybody trading for the different kinds of golden Oreos, peanut butter pie Oreos, double-stuffed <laughs> Oreos and we literally took Cases upon cases of Oreos, and just everybody got packages of Oreos, and just lived their best life. It was okay, great. I'm gonna
0: play Jamie here because at this point she would come out with the comment. So you, really, your job is to make uh, a thousand good-looking Marines happy. Correct. Yes. Yes.
5: <laughs> I love my job, and they all love me. <laughs> I'm becoming quite famous among the troops. <laughs>
2: you know how to feed a troop. That's yes. right. And she yeah. fed all of us last night too. Courtney was in the kitchen. <laughs> she was. It
0: was great. We had I'm barbecue.
3: Gonna,
0: uh, I mean, amazing. I would also would have been disappointed if we came to Georgia and didn't have barbecue yeah, I mean, yeah, got a barbecue <laughs> I so local barbecue. i know everybody at home is getting mad now because i haven't asked you about your horses yet so uh <gasps> part of this trip was to get to know our listeners and you know so these interviews we're doing while we're on the road during this test week and also during the five weeks that are coming up here very shortly <laughs> um, much quicker than jennifer would like um we, we wanted to get to know you and what you do and all of that but also your horses so let's start with courtney this time
5: yeah So I have Miss Jellybean, and that is her actual jockey club name, Miss Jellybean. That is her name. Um, I bought her on a whim. Um, I had to put my heart horse down recently, and as we all know, we don't go very long without having a horse. So on a whim, whim, um, (laughs) her owner messaged me and said, hey, I have this horse, you said, has talent, needs direction. She has talent and needs direction. And I said, okay. So I went and tried her and she was feisty and spirited and everything that I love. And I laughed at her when she pulled her little tricks and I said, okay, I'll take her. And so I bought her and brought her home. Um, And as we all usually deal with injuries and everything, she didn't have injuries. I had surgery and I've been out of commission. So we haven't really had a chance to do much other than bond. And she went from being kind of a standoffish, typical mare, I don't want anything to do with you, to being so sweet and cuddly and just really learning to trust me. So it's really been the best, me being injured and not being able to ride, because we've really bonded and, and gotten that wonderful, loving experience. I know. And she she yells at me when I come in the barn. I can walk in the barn and I go, hey, Jelly. And she goes, Raaah! That's why I call her J-Lo. Yeah, she is, and she's so sassy. I love her. But she is so pretty. She J-Lo is very really pretty. Loves women. Yes. She's, she's got that. She's sassy got a booty pretty. too. She's yeah. got that booty. Yeah, she wears eyeliner. <laughs> yes, she does, most definitely.
0: <laughs> Alex?
2: Hey, so I have two horses. Well, actually, a horse and a half. <laughs> Let me start with the little A horse and a quarter. is
5: really cute. A horse and a quarter. Let's (laughs) do
2: That's more like it. So uh, my heart horse is actually my larger horse, and her name is Cressa. Jockey Club is Creswell Bay. So she's a 2010 thoroughbred mare, definitely a mare, definitely a diva. And on the note that Courtney said about injuries, she had a pretty traumatic injury last year and completely severed a tendon sheath. So rushed her up to UGA, awesome vet school. And she had surgery, and she totally recovered, and is now back competing. But I had her at a rehab facility over the last year. And during that time, as she recovered, I was helping out a friend with another horse and completely broke my tailbone. So now I have been injured and am finally back in the saddle. So that is Cressa. We're excited to get back together and um, start competing again. I event with Cressa, originally did hunter jumpers, and now I've... Crossover to the dark side. Yeah, and she's like, gone, to it, gone to the dark side. side,
5: and that's because Alex came to me yes. on a whim, so that's how we got started yes. together.
2: I ran my first; um, i think it was a beginner novice horse trial, mm-hmm. and I had never seen a cross country jump. And Courtney had me actually ride my mare Cressa. We bought her that same day.
5: Yeah, because yeah. she wow. took care of me. Yeah, I said. I, she just, just
2: said, "Hold on."
5: Yeah, I you said, "Just time. sit on just her." Hold on. Yeah, and
2: she took me around, and we wrote the check that day. Wow! Yeah. So that's Cressa. She's my love that mayor. And then I have a mini horse named Winchester Fabio Sandiford. And you will see if you'll go back and look at some of the videos why he has his middle name, Fabio. And we actually purchased Winchester as a playmate for Cressa in Vidalia, Georgia, Glen. So <laughs> down a very sketchy dirt road with a lady who had 28 mini horses. Winchester had a rope tied around his neck and walked right up and put his head in my lap. Then we looked down, and we realized he was a stud. So, of course, we had to gale that, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and now he
3: lives down. one of
0: those stickers, in, too, I think. Awesome. <laughs> so we'll
2: definitely have to go in the car. Yeah. So, yeah, Winchester, and you guys will get to meet um, meet him if you go back and look at the video that Glenn posted. When
5: when she says sketchy, she really doesn't tell the whole story. We took my 27-foot gooseneck three-horse slant low trailer with a dressing room down this one-lane dirt road with deep ditches on either side. Got to the destination, realized there was no way we were turning in across that culvert, and I tried and had to back up my trailer down the dirt road. We ended up driving on and turned around in probably the sketchiest place I have ever turned around in my life. I fully expected three redneck men to come out with shotguns pointing them at us at any moment. Yeah, you heard the
0: music playing. I definitely heard the banjos.
5: I was back in that trailer as fast as I could back it. But
2: wait, then a redneck man did come up. Yes, (laughs) with a mini, tried to a gator. And that turned out to be Winchester's previous owner. He was like, Hop in! There's a mini, there was another mini tied to the Ranger. So we rode through a field of minis and they just said, Take your pick.
0: Anybody that's lived in the South could picture this whole scene. <laughs> yeah.
2: So we wanted to load them all up, but bless him, Winchester had probably never even seen a trailer. Like Courtney's much less, but on any trailer, and he walked right in.
0: Winchester's uh, Winchester like me. I like Winchester. Yes, he's, he's yeah. cool a little. He dude. likes he himself
2: a lot too. Yeah, yes, he does. he's
0: does. he got does. some hair for
3: yeah,
2: it. Yeah, he I've got does. Got to work with Jamie on how to bathe that creature. I told <laughs> Glenn yesterday I needed a therapist and Jamie to come help.
5: <laughs> See what you should have done is just put a ramp into your pool, and then
2: we no, could have really? just led him great. down in the pool. Be great. Throw him in. Aqua therapy. He won't go in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we have to talk about. Your dogs, specifically, Courtney, because we got here and Jennifer just loves wiener dogs. And you have two wiener dogs.
5: I do. I have two little sausages. I have Dora. No, I'm sorry. That was my previous dog. Zoe. Zoe is the spitting image of Dora. So Zoe is 100% dachshund. When you think of a dachshund, she is it. She's the black and tan, slim little fireball, bark at everything that moves, dig a hole to China, dachshund. And then we have Snuffleupagus. And Snuffleupagus started out as... He does. He started out as Zach Brown. That was what I named him. But then he ended up being long-haired before I ever got to the breeder. I got them both from, they're actually from the same parents. I love the breeder so much that I bought the second one. Um, and Gus is a golden retriever in a dachshund body. He is. I mean, he just really, he's got the tail and he's never met a stranger and he loves he everybody. Mm-hmm. He <laughs> loves everything. Everything. Everything to him is, I love him, but he's a little dumb. And that's what makes him so sweet. He's just, you know. He's
2: he he sweet just, and pretty. He, he just no. <laughs> no, he does
5: not. He just does it headlong. Okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's
0: right. how he lives life. So before we wrap this up, we have to find out a little about the area we're in, too. So mm-hmm. we are in, we're about, what, an hour south of Augusta?
2: Yes, that's correct. But an hour south of Augusta, and for horsey people, about an hour and a half south of Aiken, South Carolina, yep. or
0: Which is our next stop west. today. Right.
2: Yeah. So that's pretty much where I have to go to do anything horsey. Um, oh, that's
0: that sucks. So I know horsey, Yeah.
2: Yeah. So we're kind of in the south, um, middle southeast corner um, between Augusta, Statesboro, and Savannah. On further down, hence Midville. Midville. mid-ville.
0: <laughs> Why do you like living in Georgia?
2: Well, I've actually always lived in Georgia, and surprisingly enough, I've, I kind of have dreams of moving out of Georgia, um, but then. You know, my husband and I met in college. We both went to University of Georgia. And so that ended up keeping me here in Georgia. And I do love Georgia because you can go to different parts of the states or different, um, you know, you have different people there. So, too. And we're kind of central. I think it's a good place over here on the East Coast, especially. Um, being an equestrian yeah,
1: where you're at here yes it's an hour and a half but it's an hour and a half
2: in any direction to a lot of different things true yes like the beach like my parents yeah. um, I get to see my parents a good bit because they have a place in St. Simons Island so I go down there and you I mean two hours from the coast there you can always go to the mountains too in about three to four hours so it's nice. The gnats, not so much. Yeah. But no, no. once you go right below that fall line, the gnats are pretty bad. Which you guys probably yep. experienced yesterday out yep. by our pond.
0: Yes, there they do get. They, she took a walk this morning and
3: had
2: that.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, me, me, and the flies. Yeah, I drowned a lot of flies from you. Oh, good. That's oh, good. In her coffee. In my coffee. Yeah. I it's protein. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: But no, I love it, and being on the farm is great. Um, it's a beautiful place out here. Mm-hmm. You're just
1: far enough out in use these air quotes country. Mm-hmm that you don't get a lot of extraneous noises you don't get a lot of trucks you don't get a lot of sirens and uh, we woke up this morning and the enormous variety of songbirds Mm -hmm. and i even heard the ducks that is just for me that's priceless to be able to get up in the morning and listen Mm -hmm. to that
2: yeah. But I would like a closer grocery store, though. Yeah, or some sushi. That's every the now and then, but with. they don't want to eat the <laughs> sushi from around here. Place no. in mm-hmm. well, just, I guess, like
6: the next town over. But I don't
2: yeah. know if I'll eat there. I would eat. not eat the sushi, but I would eat the hibachi there. We actually go there a good bit.
0: Thank you guys for having us. Absolutely. We really Thank you guys for
2: coming. This has yeah. been great, and we hope to see even more auditors soon too.
0: Yeah, we're looking forward to the rest of the trip. Well, it's no surprise that Americans are among the most stressed people on the planet. Your horse gets stressed out, too. Every horse experiences stress caused by things like exercise, environmental conditions like the weather. Uh, It was hot as hell here yesterday, so that's one of those. Travel causes horse stress just like humans, and even simple diet changes can cause stress. All of these variables can contribute to that stress in your horses. This might also come as a surprise to you. You can help reduce the negative impacts of stress by feeding your horses chromium Every day by lowering the levels of stress hormone cortisol and optimizing energy use, feeding chromium results in improved body upkeep, health and performance and overall well-being. But this part is important. Don't feed just any chromium. Feed your horse the only FDA-reviewed source of chromium propionate on the market today, ChemTrace Chromium from ChemIn. Ask for it by name and stress less. Learn more about ChemTrace Chromium at chemin.com slash chromiumeq. That's chemin.com slash chromiumeq. So let's talk a little bit about uh, all that's going on here in Aiken as far as a community. so when did it? When did the horse people, uh, competitive horse people, really start to descend? Because this always was a horse town. Every house here has a barn. <laughs> Every
6: house has a barn, and it's wonderful. Um, the polo was very, very popular here. Um, I think in the mid nineteen forties, and the racing uh, industry came here quite frequently in the winters. The, the horses would come in by a rail car and enjoy our very mild winters. Can comparatively speaking do you to, get bad winters at all we ice storms every six or seven years we get oh, pretty well, horrible okay. ice storm <laughs> yeah. in March but it's pretty it's pretty mild one one Christmas it was 80 it does get chilly at night but we don't get that deep freeze I grew up in Connecticut so I know about cold weather and we definitely do not get that kind of horrible winter icy snowy yuck all those poor people that still live up there have to deal with with their horses no fun Ice balls and feet and mucking out stalls and, you know. <laughs> so when did it start to change? When
0: did the competitive
3: people
6: uh, start? I, I, when I started coming down here, which was about 25 years ago, to Gallop just to get out of the winters in the Northeast, um, H- Highfields, which has progressive show jumping, horse shows, had A horse shows, I think, like re- December, January, February, and March. And then we had Bruce Wag grant us Bruce's fields. Uh, steeplechases here fall and spring. We did have a very heavy driving community at one point. I think that it's that's back. <laughs> fluctuated a little bit. Um, more and more dressage people. We're going to
0: hear from one of those drivers a little later in the show. Good,
6: good. Uh, Cindy and Barry Olaf opened Stableview Farm, which is a top-notch eventing facility in town. So more and more places have developed for people to come and do multi-discipline things with their horses in Aiken.
0: And with COVID... Now, we had this discussion last night, and this is happening all over the country. It's just not in Aiken, but it is happening in Aiken. Uh, the the buying boom of farms and properties and houses. From what I hear, you can't buy a house in town. If you, you need to get it in the first hour.
6: You do, literally, 15 minutes. The the turnover of properties here, and the we have friends that are realtors who are customers who also ride, and their complaint is that there's not enough inventory on the market. And every day someone new walks in the door of the store and says, I'm moving here, I'm building here, I sold my other house, I'm moving to my Aiken house. I want to move here, but I can't find a house to live in here. Is it California? California, Midwest, um, Texas, New, new People's, Chicago, Minnesota. Please you tell us them you're taking night? some of the New
0: Yorkers because they <laughs> usually move to Ocala where we live. But now they're they're moving further north now.
6: They are. They're, ca- they're not going quite <laughs> as far. No, really don't <laughs> Although you have experienced a huge boom in Ocala, yes. too, with well, the opening of the World Equestrian Center, for which for. is a magnificent facility. I was we're lucky enough to show We're going to talk to you about to that later there. in the show. Okay. I'm going to tease that
0: because Amy actually showed there. I did. And for those that are wondering, Amy, as far as we know, is not a relative. She's an Amy Hebert. I'm a Glenn Hebert. Uh, and Never I have know. two sister-in-laws named Amy Hebert. So I know three Amy Heberts, and it's probably the only three Amy Heberts in the country. Could
6: be. Could be. I bet you somewhere back there we're related. We it's are. From Connecticut, a big toe. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's both families from Connecticut and from Canada originally. Yes, so exactly. We are. All right, we're going to go. You have a guest that's uh, joining us right now, and
6: uh, I do have a guest yes. that's joining us right now. This is Mister Jim Rhodes, and he Jim, right
0: up on the mic about an inch away
6: is the proprietor of the Aiken Equine Rescue, which I actually serve on the board on, and they do a fantastic job of helping people in Aiken and other states with their horses that need, either have had trauma and need rescuing, need rehab. I know they do a program with the thoroughbreds for off-track t- OTTBs that need places to come to have some time to get rehabbed, to get reschooled, and be adopted. And they do a fantastic job, very well supported by our community.
4: And across the country.
6: And across the country, yep. yes, sir. So.
0: Come right up to the mic. Yes. So so how long have you been in operation?
4: operation? Uh, we st- We uh, bought the property in 2005, put our first horses on it in 2006. So there was no infrastructure or anything. So we have, we're four board wooden fencing. We have, um, 12 pastures that are three to nine acres each. And we have 12, um, rehab paddocks. Uh, Up until the Saturday before Easter Sunday, which we're going to talk about. Yeah, we had a uh, a fairly nice barn that um, uh, we used for rehab type purposes. It was uh, only time horses were in the barn were. Uh, if they needed continuous medical type work, yeah which they love being in a barn for that stuff uh, yeah yes yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, um, we take a lot of uh, abuse and neglect cases all through the area um, we take some owner surrenders, we try to stay away from the owner' surrenders we figure they already have a home uh, the owners need to be responsible for them on that end of it. I know that sounds coarse, but there but now if the owner surrender is a uh, family medical emergency, or we've seen a lot during COVID of um, uh, the the small horse owner and all that uh, directly affected by finances right. with COVID, not being able to work or not being able to, air. and we took several in during during that time. That has seemed to slow down a little bit being asked. Now we do we are asked daily to take somebody's horse. Um, we say no more. How many to do you yes. have there? Um, we're down right now to about forty-four, forty-five.
0: That's enough, <laughs> <laughs> that's enough buddy. I've... Yeah,
4: um, not a small number. Yeah. Um, we can take care of seventy. We have had seventy-three on the property, wow. and um,
0: that's a lot uh, of
4: work. A lot of work, and it's done by um, two employees, and. Uh, and you, and, and, and a me. load of volunteers. And, and, and a, a tremendous amount of volunteers. We're um, donation-dependent, volunteer-run. Um, it's, so our budget right now, um, with 60 head of horses, I can average it out on 60 head of horses, our budget is about $600,000 a year, um, which is actually cheap if that's you look at what it is. A yeah. huge uh,
6: number for that many horses. Yeah, no, that's that's, not that's that, well um, done.
4: Yeah. And it's all done by... Um, donations and grants. We get a lot of money out of out of the third red industry, the TAA, the TCA, uh, along with other ones. And then the local community, um, a lot of the community um, women's clubs or newcomers clubs and all that, we get grants from them at a good bit of time. So, Let's go back to Easter. Easter. Tell yeah. us about Easter. Um, Easter was… Um, eventful. Eventf- very eventful. Uh and that was this year. This year. Yeah. This year. Yes. It was um I guess it 2 was months ago. Yeah. Almost almost, almost almost 2 months. Well, no it been no it's over 2 months. It was the 3rd. And Easter was on the 4th, I think. I'm thinking. Um uh, Well,
6: I got a text message the re- the rescue is on fire. Yes. And we my husband and I got in our car and Got there, which is about a 10 minute drive, and there were luckily lots of fire trucks, lots of firemen. It, it was, well,
4: the, barn. Supported. It was yes. the barn, yeah, barn and office area, classroom. Uh, uh just um, uh, complete devastation. Okay, um, we had Aiken County investigate it, we had um, sled investigated and we had the insurance company investigated they all came up with the same conclusion as being undetermined they found no incinerary material so yeah okay um they electrical usually uh, they say and it started high so they're th- assuming there was an electrical light spark or something something, yeah. something we run a very clean barn and a very safe barn uh That doesn't mean the squirrels don't eat wires. That doesn't mean we don't have mice and the whole works. Um, That happens at every barn. We were a block barn, a, a a poured concrete block barn, a very safe barn, right? They say we had one of the safest barns in the area for hurricanes and tornadoes. We, would, we, we would, could withstand anything there. We stood on a hill, had a massive, uh, you know, a wind tunnel coming up the hill. It uh, fueled the flames. Uh, it kind of pretty, but a fire, What well, it's the worst barn you could have. It acted like an oven. Oh, so it holds but, the heat in. It, it had nowhere, heat had to go up, rise. And we, you know, with the wood rafters and stuff like that and wood partitions between the stalls, it just dumped, jumped from stall to stall to stall to stall. Um, and burnt hot and fast. I, I was probably I hate to ask ten the next minutes. Question. Go ahead.
0: Horses in the barn.
4: We had. If it had been a week earlier, we would have had three horses in the barn. Uh, like I said, we only keep horses in the barn when they're being um, medical treated daily or rehab daily. We um, had one pony in the barn, and um, his name is Whistle. We named He's him He's become Whistle. a
6: celebrity. He's a celebrity. <laughs> he has.
4: Yeah, a sweet pony, great pony. And my wife heard the explosion, came running there barefooted, no shoes, oh, no geez. nothing, came running to the barn, went in the burning stall, had to put her shirt up over her head because she couldn't um You see. married a tough woman. Let's start there. <laughs> Debbie's great. Uh, yeah, um, well, Debbie's a um, trooper. Um, um, Yes, I married a great woman. Um, not necessarily the smartest woman at times. I can...
0: <laughs> like that, you were mad at her.
4: <laughs> you know, I, I. You know, she's a hero. She saved this pony, and this pony needed to be she saved. She a hero. Uh, on that, the shavings were on fire in oh, the stall. Oh my god! And she's the,
0: barefooted. And
4: she's barefooted. She pulls the pony out, no halter. You know, we learned some valuable lessons that we read about and see about, but we didn't actually practice. Yeah. There was no halter on we the all outside. I'll do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so. Uh, you know, she got the pony out, and he went trotting off and trying to find. He was he recently gelded, so he was um, he had to go through that tra- traumatic. Check incident. out where his friends were. Yeah, so he had you to did, go find. You just
0: tortured that pony the entire time. He was uh, you there. know, <laughs> um,
4: he has a huge following now, but his back was actually on fire and cinched. Oh, Wow, they was not a. Um, they they said it wasn't a like a fire burn. It was heat burns all over his back it was kind of like uh really 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 uh third degree sunburns uh which when we called the vet um the vet said you know you need to get them into the clinic Uh, um, burns are bad and we understood burns were bad well being a heat burn it takes three or four days just like a sunburn on a person to quit so, for three or four days, he was blistering up all over his back and all that. Today, two months later, you can't even tell that he was ever in a fire.
0: So, I have to know about your wife's feet. So I, nothing. Nothing? Okay, good. She was fast and furious. Fast and furious, nothing.
4: I'll fast forward now a little
0: bit. So, I assume the barn was a, lo- a total
4: loss. The barn was a, t- a total loss. Uh, we, um, we did lose one barn cat. We only have a couple minutes left. I want to fast forward to how the community
0: came together. Huge.
6: There was an, an extraordinary, I think, Isn't outreach it? for the community for the equine rescue. Us Here at Aiken Saddlery, we established a Phoenix fund so people could d- d- put basically deposit money on a fund for them. Uh, Purina donated feed, uh, Cargill neutrina donated feed, Pool and Grain donated pallets of feed, hey. Triple Crown donated pallets of feed.
4: Those, those horses were so well fed. After that. <laughs> we still have... <laughs> feed here yeah, uh, you know do. we had you Waiting. Know, we're, we're doing business as usual uh we had a makeshift uh, like a handy house building we turned into an office uh put an air conditioning in the window and, and uh you know run a generator to it we don't even have permanent power yet were you surprised at the reaction from the community or um did- you know i'm a giver not a taker uh, so I was overwhelmed. It was overwhelming. It was uh, ex- completely overwhelming. Uh, cash donations that we put in the bank for the rebuilding fund was almost 100000 Feed and in-kind donations were probably the same. Um, you know, we talk about the horse world, and there's a lot of
0: negative in the horse world. There really is. I mean, is. we all know that. Yes. But this is where you, in this kind of situation, is where you realize what the horse world is truly about. You know, you hear about the negative, but that's only the five percent bottom, right? There's a ninety five percent that are this. Everyone you know, rallied.
6: I mean, yeah. Yeah, not, every, it wasn't just know, Aiken. It was
4: it, in in the field that we're in, in the passion that we're doing. We see a lot of the negative, right? Um, Which can get overwhelming too. Can get, yes. get overwhelming, but it's we also see the positive when people make the right choices ahead for their animals. When they when they um, uh, set aside funds for their animals when they get be- before, you know, if something happens to them, uh, we see it, we, we've developed a lot of good.
0: We're glad that this all worked out for you. I you're still minus a barn. I get that. And
4: hopefully with the donations and everything, you can get that rebuilt here. Yes. We're still working with the insurance company yeah. that. You know, I'm, I'm under the impression that, okay, we had a fire total loss, Give me my check. Yeah, get a bill. To, yeah, <laughs> Thank you. I worked
0: with insurance for years. No, that no, <laughs> doesn't exactly work that you way. Know,
4: my my insurance agent is one of the best around, and, uh, and it's still going to take some time. My <laughs> good friend, she said, you know, you may ta- it may take a year yeah. before you get this. So, you know, we're but we fortunately, can't wait a year. the barn wasn't used you know for your main
0: business yes, right yes, yeah so yes. thank you for stopping by and and uh we wish you the best thank you
4: sir very much and for i'm having, so man. glad
0: that there are communities like aiken that come together for situations we're like still this. looking for
4: donations we still have 40 something head of horses and what's the website uh um, aiken equine rescue uh, dot com okay equine rescue dot dot com um very good. Dot org, excuse me. Dot, dot, org. dot org. Okay. <laughs> Aiken Ecoin org. Dot org. Yeah, uh, for you can get by. on there. There's many different, there's a Phoenix Fund you can donate to. You can donate to Whistle. You can donate um, to many different ways um, Venmo, PayPal, Facebook. We'll take it all. Good Send to meet check. you. Thank you, sir, very all right, much. Thanks Thank you. so much. Appreciate you
0: having me. All right. And thanks for setting that up, Amy. Well, he's Thank a great you.
6: guy. They do a fantastic job. And there was just an overwhelming response for the community for that fire.
0: Well, we're going to go next to an interview that I got yesterday because Amy invited us very kindly to come out in the 95-degree humid heat and watch the final polo match here in Aiken. The
6: Aiken Polo Club held at Whitney Field, which is in the beautiful historic horse district of downtown Aiken.
0: And it was so much fun. We had good food and drink. It was fun. It was hot, but it was fun. It was fun. We weren't as hot as they were. <laughs> I believe that.
6: Yes, I agree. But
0: I, I got to catch up with Tiger, who is the manager. Tiger,
6: niece. Tiger, Tiger, okay. And his wife, Susie, run the Aiken Polo Club. And Tiger himself has a youth polo group program that he runs in town. Um, Tiger was a player himself for a while, and now he announces at the games, and they they do a fantastic job. As you saw, how it was fun. Yeah, it was there's great. tailgating. There's a pavilion. You can eat and drink. You can watch. You, there's a big social part to it. It's a, it's really fun.
0: Well, I got to catch up with Tiger for a couple minutes and talk about it. Super. So I'm here with Tiger, who is the head honcho here at Aiken Polo. Yeah, I don't know about head honcho, but we'll go with... I don't uh, know, they, we'll they told with, me we'll you go were God manager. here. <laughs> well, you are the announcer, too. Yeah, which,
1: I, I wear a lot of hats. Now. Yeah, So As you're the manager. manager here? Yes, I manage Aiken Polo. Tell us a little bit about Aiken Polo. How big is it? Um, it's, a, it's a club that's obviously, if you look at the history, it's been around forever. I actually grew up here. These are the fields in the club that I played on um, when I was a kid and started playing. My daughter's actually. Out there. I saw. Her. She did yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, she's playing today. So it's it mean it's special to me to come back later on in life and to be able to participate at the club a little bit different capacity. But uh, now I'm managing it, and yeah, it's one of the. I think we're at like 139 or 140 years old. So it's one of the oldest clubs in the United States. Yeah, it's like
0: one of the like the oldest continuously running, continuously
1: right? played on field. That's what the fame for Whitney Polo Field is. Wow. Yeah, it, it, it got played on every year for that consecutive amount of years. I would have thought it would have been one of the
0: ones in New England, right? You would think that, right? And there are some old ones up there. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah,
1: yeah. I agree with that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I've announced tour shows of all different kinds, and Polo's tough,
1: because it's fast play-by-play. I got you. I admire you. <laughs> It's fast, and yeah, it is. It's fast. The ball changes direction. There's eight players out there at one time, but it's also helpful that I played the game. I think that gives me a it little bit of an does. advantage. Um, but yeah, it's it's ever changing. You know, from player to player, the ball changes lines, different possessions. Now, you have teams come in from all over the country. Yes, I mean we're we're primarily, I'd say, an East Coast team. So our season is going to be spring and fall. Um, that's we do that because that's the best weather. Obviously, in the the winter time, the field are dormant so we don't play on them and in the summertime the the heat index gets a little high so we're unable to have tournament polo there's still polo going on it's the last
0: game of the season here. this is about
1: when and it's hot (laughs) it's it's humid it's still doable and um, but then we'll take the summer off and then we'll come back and come online for September October and then part of November
0: it's so funny we live in Ocala and when we've been making our way up through here visiting people we got up here and said "Jesus, it's hotter here (laughs) than (laughs) Ocala
1: (laughs) yeah yeah. it feels that way today exactly yeah
0: yeah it definitely does. Well, this is fantastic. The place is beautiful. Yeah. I love the backdrop. I've seen polo in many different places. And even Wellington, it just doesn't have a great backdrop. You have these houses that look like they were taken out of New England, Newport. And they're plunked right behind the polo and, and field. And we're in
1: a downtown. Yes. It just gives so, an atmosphere. And that's what makes the, uh, our club unique is that uh, all of our uh, fields are in a trust fund. Yeah. That was set up to where it's going to be green space forever, and then the the polo club maintains it. So it's yeah, we're we don't you know fortunately we're not battling with developers or the you know the path of development. We don't have to worry about that. So it's it's a unique
0: and it's a great situation. We talk all the time on the shows with various associations, various disciplines, English, Western. One of the biggest concerns always is getting young people involved so these sports don't go away eventually. You're doing the same thing here, from what I understand.
1: So that's what my wife and I set up. We set up a 501c3. It's uh, AYP, which is Aiken Youth Polo, and it's the mechanism that we use to get kids involved in the sport. Wow! Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, good. For and us, is it working? Oh, absolutely! Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: There is three of them out there on the field today. There's That's, twins out there. They started in our program. And as how well. old are they? They are 17. Oh, wow! Yeah, and they look like they've been playing forever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And they've been in our system. Well, they've probably been with us for four or five years. But they started because of AYP. Terrific. Well, thank yeah. you
0: for uh, letting right. me have a little bit yeah. of time at halftime here. I'm
1: glad you can. They're up all
0: stomping divots, and I'm hiding in the shade.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're the smart. One. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah. All right. It was very nice to meet you. Is there a website, by the way? Yeah. Aiken, it's just getting redone, so okay. it's not all that great right it's now. Is it on Facebook, but, too? Uh, yes. We have Facebook and Aiken Polo. Aiken Polo Club, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Dot org, and then Facebook, Aiken Polo Club, and then AYP on Facebook as well. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Well, look who just showed up. One of our
0: old friends from a long time ago. And Dr. Wendy's going to be so jealous that I get to see her and you don't. So we're going to talk to Mickey Bowen, who just arrived. Well, we're here recording, and one of our first guests on the Horse Radio Network, Wendy and I, on the Driving Radio Show, 10 years ago, just showed up, and if I remember right, we saw Mickey Bowen at Martin's Carriage Auction. That's right. I think Mm -hmm. your first appearance on our shows was at Martin's Carriage Auction. It was set up right like it was. it was, just exactly (laughs) like
7: this, just exactly.
0: So, it's so good to see you again, Mickey.
7: It's good to see you. And hi to Wendy. Wish you were here. You just miss said, you, miss you, miss you.
0: <laughs> she misses you, too. She talks about you all the time. So we, uh, you have something planned. We're going to do an interview, a longer interview with you for Wednesday's show. But today you stopped by because we had to talk about arrangements we have for a little later in the day in Aiken. And what do you have planned?
7: Well, Nick um, and Nildeberg have a pair of horses and a large carriage. They're, you know... I have ponies, as you know, but these are horses that the Berks have. And uh, you and Jen would be comfortable riding in the back and be able to film, as you like to do. Yes. And so we were going to tour the very special Carriage Paths that um, the carriage people have built in Aiken. Oh, wow. We have a community there that is just so user-friendly for carriage drivers. And that's unusual,
0: by the way. Yes.
7: We don't have to go on any paved roads. And um, the two main roads are um, North Windsor Road, which was the first to develop into a driving community. Uh, That's um, called Windsor Trace. And the next big road over is Pine Acres Road. And in the last five years, that has developed, and there are many driving people there. That's from California to... and uh, Wisconsin. Dev Bevan is over there.
0: It, it's one thing about Aiken mm. is it you know, it's not one discipline. We have venturers here, we have dressage riders here, we have carriage mm-hmm. community here. There's a and western I hear is growing in this area too. So, you know, you got a little bit of everything here right in Aiken, South Carolina.
7: Yes, and and there is a developing. Well, I don't know that it's developing. I mean, Western was around long before the carriages became popular. But there is a group of people. Uh, I saw a horse the other day. Someone came into my ride to say, my drive to say hello to me, and I was ready to just knock her off that horse and run away with it. <laughs> it was. I'm telling you, what a looker! And. Um, well, so, we're,
0: we're looking forward to this afternoon and the carriage ride. I'm, I'm looking forward to it uh, uh, tremendously because you know I love it. What kind of horses are we going to be pulled by?
7: I'm not really sure. They're a park draft. Part draft? Okay. Uh, they're about 15 to 16 hands. Very well trained. I was careful in choosing a safe ride for (laughs) you. Try not to kill me. And for myself, yeah. My children call and they say, Mommy, don't get on any dangerous carriages.
0: (laughs) Well, we're looking forward to it, Mickey, and we're going to talk more about your ponies and everything in our next interview for Wednesday.
7: Okay. We'll see you this afternoon. Thank you very much.
0: And Wendy, you can be jealous. (laughs) Well, it's convenient that I'm in a tack shop because I need to talk to you a little bit about Cavello Trek hoof boots. They're made for rain, streams, puddles, and mud, and they're scooter approved. Scooters worn them for eight years. That's the only boots he wears. It's the only boots that fit his tiny little feet. Along with incredible comfort, your horse's feet will enjoy maximum breathability, superior drainage, quick dry boots that are always ready for your next ride or drive because I use them for driving. And the reason I like them as a horse husband, they're horse husband approved, and that's important because I have to put them on. Uh, I'd never go along with the ones with the wires. Uh, Me and the wires never got along. I just would pinch my fingers and would get mad, and then Jennifer would have to do it, and then it was a scene. So... She finally said, We're going to try the Cavallos because I think you can handle Velcro. And that, yes, that's how she talks to me. So, uh, like typical horse husband. So, I got the Velcro ones of the Cavallos and I've used them ever since because they're so easy to use. I think in the eight years I've been, I've replaced them twice. Uh, I, when I'm driving on the roads, I put them on all four of his feet. He's never had shoes. Yeah, he has pretty good feet. And uh, we, I just highly recommend them. Uh, a lot of people only use them on the front feet, not the back feet. It depends what you're doing. Uh, but they stay on. They don't get full of sand in Florida, which is kind of nice. And I just highly recommend them. Meet, your, meet those new Trek hoof boots at cavallo-inc.com That's cavallo-inc.com There's a coupon code just for you guys, just for the listeners of Horse Radio Network. Use the coupon code HRN off uh, your next boot order, and it gets you 20% off. By the way, as a side note, if you think that we have a coupon for a company, the coupons are always HRN. So just try it. If it works, you know there was coupon if it doesn't work then you know the coupon expired but that's a little trick for all the listeners if uh, if we think there's a coupon try hrN and you get 20% off your next order caballo-ink.com. All all right Amy so I wanted to talk to you a little bit too about about the tech world because I used to be in the tech world and the listeners know that we have gone to ADA and done shows from ADA yes for I think we've been to 22. Total now over the years, and now WESA, too. We do their show. Uh, Wisdom by WESA on the Horse Radio Network, by the way. Uh, we also do their show talking about tack and products. So what's new? What's coming up new? You haven't been able to be there to trade shows too much either.
6: No, although June Evers does a fantastic job with her Virtually Everything Equestrian, which is an online trade show. Um, I, I have been to Ada. It's been a while. Yeah. Obviously, everybody's kind of on hold. Was hoping There's to one get...
0: coming up in August, yes, I think. But yeah. was
6: hoping to get to Dallas. Yeah, I Dallas in August. Yep. Yep. So that, that, looking forward to that. What I find is kind of on the, on the forefront of tack and apparel these days is the fabrics and the technical fabrics and the clothing. They're much more stylish. I do show jumpers, so it's kind of fun to wear fancy coats. That stretch that you don't have to take to the dry cleaners. There's Mm -hmm. nothing worse. I have to say it's actually allowed,
0: not frowned upon.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. Exactly, you don't get in trouble. You don't have to wear your wool coat anymore (laughs) for wearing them. And we we have a wonderful horse show here in Aiken, the horse show in the woods. That's actually in Hitchcock Woods, which we is a wonderful jewel that Aiken has is an urban forest here. And there's a natural ring, and you have to hack in the horses. You're not allowed to ship in for this horse show. And I used one of my old Piesley hunt coats and thought never again. (laughs) I'm sorry, Piesley. But never ever again. But even the britches with the silicone patches, although I have heard that that is not good for your saddles. So I'm not. Yeah, we have heard that too. Silicone. And there's some people, Jennifer won't wear
0: them. She just doesn't like them.
6: But um, I have heard that they're not good for, for your saddles. And leading into that, I think the technology on trees for saddles has come a long way. You know, your good old whippy or Hermes saddle, which are beautiful and lovely, but the the options that you have to fit your horse, which is important. Saddle fitting is a very important thing, you know, and before Give a shout out
0: to Bates, one of our sponsors. Yes, yes, with the adjustable gullet,
6: you know, and I think all of that makes a huge difference in your performance in the ring with your horses.
0: So are you, in the time of COVID here, in the past 18, whatever it has been, 14 months, have you seen a slowdown in technology
6: I'm Not a slowdown in technology. What we have had a big problem with during COVID is the resources and the availability. Yep. I mean, everybody knows about the containers that are stuck in the yeah. Atlantic somewhere between here and, you know, China. that coast, yeah. right? <laughs> and, for example, when the hand sanitizer went from gel to alcohol-based, the spray bottles couldn't get spray bottles. Smaller containers, which was an odd thing. Uh, double-ended snaps. Some metal Items were were tricky to get, and I think some of the people that manufacture things, whether they're manufactured overseas or here, that one odd item or ingredient was unavailable. So we actually had, you know, gaps in lag in being able to have things in the store.
0: I brought that up because I, I also want to encourage everybody's listening that if you have an order on with the tax shop... Give us a break. Yeah, it's not coming in. It's <laughs> not their fault because the manufacturers can't always get the product right now from China. And by the way, or wherever it's made overseas, um, I don't think that's going to get better in the next couple of months. No,
6: I have to agree with you. I think it's going to be like this for a little while. Yeah. And you know, we try to find other avenues or try to find a similar product, but... People have been pretty good about it. I think everybody's in the same boat. It's not just the tech industry. I think yeah. everyone's experiencing... You go to Walmart and there's
0: completely empty shelves in yeah. certain sections and you go, that's random. Yes, you it know? is. Yeah. Odd, odd things. Like I was there and there were no silverware. All the silverware was gone. Again, metal product. Metal product. Yep. So Yep. Plastics.
6: It's... Like even for us, feed tubs, muck tubs, uh, mounting blocks at one point were... We, you know, we got, like, hot pink and yellow. <laughs> it's like, okay, well,
0: <laughs>
3: well there
6: you go. everybody's going to be colorful this year, but uh, interesting. <laughs> and it has made us turn a little bit to looking to our more sourcing U.S.-made products, which we do try to do here as a rule anyway, but I some of you, them... You can only
0: get them if they're made here, some right? Some of them
6: And even like apparel wise, uh, some of the uh, particularly Italian companies did not do much production due to COVID. So there are, they were just closed down, not, you know, the the products themselves, whether it's the fabric for the products, but the actual product themselves wasn't made. So I think there's going to be a little bit of a hiccup in the road in that. In that respect So please as well. be
0: patient with your local tax shop. Thank it's probably their, their fault that the product's not in. I
6: yeah. will have to give a shout out to the, our feed companies, though, because we are a Purina dealer. We carry Neutrina. We carry Banks Mill, which is a local feed, which is great because it's right across the street. But the national brands really made a huge effort to keep us stocked with feed and hay. Thank you all our farmers and all our truckers for bringing the hay on a regular basis. How
0: are we this year? We're hearing reports from all over the country about it either being too wet or too dry and that hay is going to be an issue. I I you know the Northwest has been having a problem. with I
6: think they say that every year. Yeah, they do. Farmers are known. I, I
0: wasn't going to say that. I was trying
6: to be nice, but yeah. farmers
0: do complain. Either it's too wet or it's too it, hot, and it does make or a it's too difference. Too dry. It, it, I mean, yeah.
6: and then people ask about cuttings, and when you're, I just stopped saying, you know, what cutting it was because I think it was the fifth cutting from Pennsylvania because they had so much rain. But we seem to have a great group of about six. Are you
0: getting hay? We're are out, the we new hay, hay almost to come every in? week. Yep. Uh,
6: actually, our first load of this year's hay will be here on Thursday.
0: Okay, good. Because it's about the time where it's the old ju- hay is yeah, running out. It's just, out. Turn on. It's
6: just <laughs> turning over.
0: Yeah, yeah, Jennifer's uh, over there <laughs> asking if we you. can bring some home. We'll send you
6: home with It's probably you need. cheaper than Florida. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> Anything less than
0: about $30 a bale? <laughs> we
6: have some that's a little more than that, but we have some that's less.
0: <laughs> she saw the Canada hay that you have out here, and she's like, can, I just, can we put a trailer behind the camper?
6: You No, so you just have to come back on your way back home, so you'll get back here, so we can do this again.
0: Well, we you had us stay. You invited us to stay, and she was kind enough to have us at one of the most beautiful farms in Aiken. It
6: is a beautiful farm. Not and it's too far at the end of here. the
0: road. And uh, we're, we're going to talk to Chris Powers, whose farm it is. It's Two Sisters Farm. And when we were driving out there, uh, pulling the RV, and we pull in. It's absolutely beautiful. And we're going to have video of all this, too, by the way. We're going to put out a video of the whole week, so you'll see that coming out. Uh, and we park, and she said, and it's the most beautiful farm. And she said, just park over here by the barn, which is absolutely beautiful, and we're parked right in front of the huge flowering bushes, and facing we, our door opens up to the most beautiful dressage ring.
6: She has a lovely setting. Her farm is beautiful and very well thought out. Her her barn does look out. There's, she's got the big rose bushes there. Uh, and, and we're she, parked
0: right. It's so pretty. <laughs>
6: yeah, and she has a and then to the left is cleared, so there's a beautiful pasture to the left. There's a little bit of wooded area to the right. So yes, you guys, you guys For all got you the, campers uh, out there,
0: <laughs> all you campers out there can be very jealous. We have had the most beautiful campsites in the world and no noisy neighbors, no dogs barking, and no kids running around. Lights it's been perfect in the bedroom.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's been perfect, so we're going to. Well, we're talk- glad
6: to kick you off on your tour in a good way. Yes,
0: we're, t- we're going to talk to Chris because she also has an important mission out there that's very near and dear to my heart. Well, we are now recording in the most beautiful house that we stayed at last night here in Aiken, and that's Chris's place, and it is Two Sisters Farm, right, Chris? That's right. And it is, you were telling us originally, because we see cross-country jumps around your beautiful property here, that it was originally one of the only places that eventing happened on your Th- that's, before it was your farm.
8: That's exactly right. They would trailer the horses in to do the eventing, and I don't know where they would trailer them out to do the dressage, but this was the only place in town. And now Aiken is just filled with fabulous eventing facilities.
0: Yeah, eventing was a novelty here at that point. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Before all the eventers moved in.
8: <laughs> <laughs> right. Which
0: was about 10, 15 years ago, right?
8: Uh, yeah, I would say about 15 years ago, because yeah. I've been here for 20 years, and the first couple of years it was maybe one person that I saw developing a farm and. And then now we have top-notch Olympic riders, Boyd Martin and Doug Payne, Philip Dutton. They're all here. So it's it's pretty incredible.
0: Now, you had us park our RV right in front of your barn overlooking the dressage ring, which means you're probably a dressage rider. And judging by the size of your horses, which were right behind us, uh, I would guess that's the case.
8: Well, you know, I've done, when I was little, I trail rode, didn't have enough money to even own a saddle, so just rode bareback. Got into Western riding, got into English. I love every single discipline. The only thing I haven't done is what you guys do, and that's the carriage driving. Oh, really? Yeah. We'll
0: get you on a carriage one of these days. That'd be great. (laughs) We're supposed to do that this afternoon, actually.
8: That's awesome. So you are out here at this beautiful
0: farm. You're a dressage rider. Uh, Do you have a favorite horse?
8: Oh, my gosh. Well, right- You have what, five or six? I, I have four. Four, okay. But my favorite one is Olive. She's my oldest horse. She's 25. Um she was is one of the horses that always helps me with my women beyond cancer retreats to work with the ladies she's the safest she will work for food so <laughs> Great
0: horse. <laughs> yeah, the horses that do that are the best ones. Exactly. <laughs> now I want to talk to you about, about your, your organization involving cancer. But first we have to talk about something else. There's always unique things when we meet everybody on these trips. And one of your unique things is pickleball. Now, for those that don't know what pickleball is because they don't live in an area that has it, what to explain
8: it? Well, pickleball is considered a sport that's a mixture of tennis, ping pong, and badminton. So it's half the size of a tennis court. The net is lower. Um, It is very easy for seniors to play. You don't have to be that mobile. That's kind of
0: how it started, right? Exactly.
8: It was like three guys having gin and tonics on Bainbridge (laughs) Island, and it was a crummy day, and they just made up this game. And now it's maybe 60 or 70 years old, and they say it's the fastest-growing sport in America.
0: It's kind of a, a big the paddle or racket. It's
8: a paddle. Paddle.
0: Is it maybe a little bit bigger than a racquetball paddle, if anybody knows what that's like? Pretty similar. But
8: the the really great thing is is you can go on this um, site called pickleballtournaments.com, and you can literally go anywhere in the country on any weekend and pick a spot to go play pickleball, play in a tournament, Hawaii, California, wherever you want to go, and there's pickleball happening. And you can compete, or you can go and watch the top pros play
0: or you can go in Chris's backyard because she has two very professional looking pickleball courts with lights.
8: Yeah, I thought it was pretty fun that when you showed up we had about 12 people out there yeah, playing. There
3: were.
0: Yeah. It was fun. I was watching for a while. It's great. I got to try it before I leave here. We're trying pickleball. I used to play tennis and you're pretty good from what I hear.
8: Well, it's um it was a, it's been a lot of hard work, but um I met someone, a woman in California playing a tournament. She's from Oregon and I'm South Carolina. And we ended up deciding to commit to play with each other. And after a couple of years of playing tournaments, we ended up winning nationals for women over 60. Yay. So it was really, you know, it's exciting. It's a, it's, you know, they're goals that you want to achieve. And
0: is it like horses, you get a ribbon and that's pretty much it. You get a medal. You get, <laughs>
8: you get like a three cent medal, <laughs> but let me tell you, I'm a lot so it's more exactly like horse. Shows. <laughs> but I'm more successful in pickleball than I am in horse shows. <laughs>
0: So let's talk a little bit about when, when, uh, Amy from Aiken Saddlery, which we're going to next to record this morning's horses in the morning, which this interview will be on. Uh, she said, you gotta stay at Chris's place. First of all, it's beautiful. And it's, and, and Chris has a great story to tell. And I, I picked her up right on it as soon as the word cancer came out. So you started an organization. Tell us why and then what the organization is.
8: Well, I had a sister, um, she was my best friend, and she had brain and breast cancer, oh. and um, she rode her whole life, and the last part of her life was being held up by three sidewalkers on a horse, because she just couldn't, you know, even just keep her balance, but our dream was to always have a horse farm, and to run a therapeutic riding school, or something horse-related. So when she passed away, I got in my car from Miami Beach, Florida, and I started driving north. And I was on my way to Tryon, because I heard so much about Tryon. And I ended up in Aiken, and I just pulled up to a real estate agency and said, show me some horse farms. And I actually bought the first farm they showed me.
0: Yeah, you are a realtor dream. It was in
8: the middle of nowhere. There was no cell service. As a matter of fact, when I called AT&T to ask them when I could expect to get cell service, they... they at you. Well, they were very nice. They said, ma'am, do you mind if I ask how old you are? And at that point, I was 45. And they said, not in your lifetime. <laughs>
0: and yet... Verizon's great out here. I had almost
8: five bars. Well, this is a newer farm, so now oh, we've, okay. you know, you moved. we've okay. moved closer yeah. to town. This is the closest equestrian development to Aiken, which is five minutes to downtown. Oh, yeah. You're right around the corner from Amy, who I must say, I absolutely, Amy and C.P. This are is a Aiken salary. A Aiken salary. They are the most generous people in this town. Whenever there's anything, if there's a... Like recently, the barn fire. They're the first to respond to help. They support every single equestrian activity in this town.
0: They brought us out to polo yesterday, and they support that too. I they, mean, it's, the, everything. Yeah, yeah. So, tell me about the organization that you started and what you do for women.
8: So, I was sitting in a doctor's office, unrelated to cancer. I've never had cancer, but um, I was just sitting in the office because I had a knee issue. And I was reading an article in a magazine. It was talking about women beyond cancer, and they were looking for retreat locations. And I just thought, this is exactly what my farm was meant to be. And my farm is called Two Sisters Farm, named after my sister. And so I reached out to the people. And lo and behold, now I'm the chairwoman of Women Beyond Cancer. And we solely run the retreats here. We used to run them around the country, but I just kind of... Felt it's just such an intimate experience, and I wanted to have I guess I'd have to say total control of what went on. And by saying total control, it means I don't want any plans, I want the ladies to show up, and whatever happens that weekend happens. So
0: well, that's what makes it so there's lots of retreats for people with all kinds of things, right? But that's what makes this so unique is it there's does. no agenda,
8: yes, and except
0: as- for peace.
8: Exactly. That's what they're, they well, they're looking to be with other women who get it. And the woman who ran my retreats, uh, she had metastatic breast cancer and she had it for over 20 years. So she was such a great hope to so many of these women. And it didn't matter what kind of cancer you had. You could have a retreat. We could have somebody with breasts, somebody with ovarian, somebody with throat. It just didn't matter. It didn't, doesn't matter where your cancer is in your body you just want to be able to be with people that aren't going to just be staring at you and worrying about oh how are you feeling you know this was this were these were people that were like in the middle of the dinner pulling up their shirts and showing their <laughs> scars from surgeries and you know and just laughing and crying and just having the really the time of their life for 4 days and as a matter of fact one of the women at my retreats Her dying wish was to have her ashes spreaded at my farm. Mm -hmm. And so her roommate, who she'd never met before, brought her ashes to the farm and we spread them at my pond.
0: What have horses done for those women?
8: Oh my gosh. The horses are like olive. Even the horses that might be a little bit more hot when they are around those women, they just get that they need to do something to help these ladies. And so what we do is we have a round pen, and there's a wonderful woman named Julie Robbins, who I hope you'll meet. She, I think she's going to stop at Aiken Saddlery, okay, yeah. But she also runs the Saratoga War Horse Program for the veterans. So she oh. really knows how to deal with people and horses. But um, she comes and she works with the ladies on the ground, and... Just teaches them how to let the horse follow them and walk them around. And then on the last night, they do a performance by themselves in the, in the round pen with the, with their horse. Now, some women are a little bit shy and they don't want to do it by themselves. So they get the whole group and it's almost like the Supremes. (laughs) (laughs) And one woman chose uh, Lady Marmalade. You know that old Mm -hmm. song? And they, the all five ladies were just out there dancing away. I mean, there's not a dry eye on the farm when you watch this. It's just loosening up, having a blast. And the horses are just, maybe they're wondering what the heck is going on, but they're all part. They're all in. I got to tell
0: you, having gone through the cancer thing last year, uh, your first, everybody, no matter what, you're right, no matter what kind of cancer it is, it doesn't matter. You all have the same reaction. Yep. I mean, when you first hear the news, you know, all that stuff, you go through all of it, and Probably the second or third thing is you feel like you're the only one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I belong to actually they got me involved in a men's group on Facebook. It's all men with cancer and it's a completely different vibe. Right. And you could just be who you are, you yep. know, and uh, that helped a lot. And so I can see why this is so helpful because you do feel alone, even though there's millions of others of people with cancer.
8: Exactly. And the only way you can find our organization is that you have to seek us out. We don't advertise at all. And we also don't charge a penny. You know, you're dealing with cancer. You've got financial stress. Usually there's um, relationship stress as well. So they just want to get away. And they certainly don't need the burden to have to pay. So that's a wonderful bonus of our retreats is that they get to do that. But as I said last night when I was talking to you, um, we don't have any agenda at all. We're not religious. We don't have any goal at the end of our retreats. And as a matter of fact, I've got this little, um, well, it looks like a little basket weaving project that I had. And the reason why I'm showing it to you is one of the women that came to my retreat was a sixth grade art teacher. We had no idea what we were going to be doing at that retreat that night the next day or any of the days but she pulls up in her little bmw convertible and she pulls out basket weep she pulls out all the straw and yarn and so that's what we did the first night is she taught us how to basket we really had a
0: great time yeah
8: and so this is my you know oh, this that's is your my, creation it's, yeah well, we need cool. a picture of that and so i of course this is like if if i described it on your radio show it's about the ugliest Little, you know, I have to be the fastest. I wasn't going to say that. No. Because you made it, <laughs> but like I have to be the fat It doesn't have to be perfect. I just have to be the first one done. So well, there's my and and I keep this you'll by keep my this bed. Forever. Oh, this yep. this is by my bed. Yep. And this was a woman who actually came to my retreat twice, and the reason she came twice, well, is because you know sometimes there's just somebody that pulls at your heartstrings, and I just love this woman so much, and um. She left the retreat and she reached me, reached out to me about two years later. And she said, I'm dying Mm. and I'm scared. And I said, you have to come back to the retreat and there, you can't because of our organization. You cannot come twice. So I made her official basket weaving instructor (laughs) (laughs) and she came and that those few days of being at my farm brought her so much peace. And she was ready to go back and and get herself prepared to die. And so she actually wrote to me and she said, I want you to be in my service and I want you to say something. My family needs to understand why it was so important for, you know, in these last few weeks that she had in her life, why was it so important that you came back to Chris's place? And so I wrote back to her, and I said, "I'll be there." Um, and she loved that I always like to dress nicely. I said, "I'll be in all Chanel," <laughs> you know. And, and, and she she had peace knowing that she was able to now plan her her funeral.
0: I'm going to wrap it up with this thought. You probably get more out of it than everybody else.
8: Oh my gosh! Every time that the the last woman leaves, I'm crying my eyes out because I'm just over. I'm just Filled with joy and satisfaction. And I run to my retreat coordinator. I'm like, that was the best retreat we ever had. And she goes, Chris, you say (laughs) Say that that every every time. time. (laughs) So,
0: Well, having been through all of this, uh, I really appreciate that you're doing this. It's very important. And you know, e- you know, and some of them go on and they recover and they're survivors, you know, and then some don't. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm good friends with Lee who does the cancer podcast, and it's one of the biggest cancer podcasts out there, and he had he goes through all those emotions you do cuz he's, you know, supporting them, they're telling their story on his show. And a lot of times this is the first time they told their story in public. Yes. And everybody has a story. I believe that's why I started Horse Radio Network. I believe every horse person has a story. And Absolutely. here's your story. It's what you're doing. Yes, horses are part of that story, but it's what you're doing for others. That's the big part of that story. So thank you for doing that.
8: Well, thank you so much for having me on, and I hope you love Aiken. I hope you love oh, your carriage beautiful. drive through oh, the town. Oh, it's beautiful.
0: It is just beautiful. Yeah. Look, with the live oak trees over the roads, I mean, it's just, Yeah. This is, this is a different... We've been to a lot. We've been to Norco, California. We've been to a lot of horsey towns. We've lived in a lot of horsey towns, but this one has its own charm. And it's because of the early 1920s houses and early 1900 houses and the trees and the growth and the flowers i mean it's just beautiful
8: yeah it's it's a it's really truly a lovely southern town we pride ourselves that no one goes no one walks in a no store on a cell phone you know there's still that southern respect it's charming
0: it is charming yeah that's a perfect word actually, yeah for it right. really is yeah well thank you chris for letting us stay in your yard
8: well come again <laughs> please do
0: so where can people learn about your organization
8: well, you can go on www.womenbeyondcancer.org.
0: And if there's one of the listeners that has cancer, can they reach out to you right now? Absolutely. Okay.
8: Yep. All they right can they good. can go on on that website and I will get right back to them.
0: Sounds terrific. Thank you very much.
8: Thanks so much.
0: Well, again, thank you to Chris for putting up with us and tolerating us for a couple nights at her beautiful farm out she's there. She's a
8: good she's good egg.
0: Thank you for the referral. Yeah, Appreciate anytime. that.
6: And she's happy so to have you. So how do people find Acre's Eatery? We um, are on Pine Long Road in Aiken, South Carolina. You can find us on the web, www.akensaddlery.com.
0: Now, you don't sell online, but if Not somebody yet. gets stuck finding something locally, they could call you.
6: They can call us anytime, 803-649-6583. We're happy to ship. We're happy to help people get what they need.
0: And if you come to Aiken, you have to stop by here.
6: Yeah, we have a lot of fun. Just yeah. come, come by and see us, at The least. employees
0: are all great. They're we all usually smiling. usually have good music going happy. on.
6: We have just... Disco dance for discounts Some Fridays So And as Chris told
0: you In that interview uh, Amy is And her husband Are big supporters Of everything That happens here Horse, We try to support
6: Not not only the horse Community But the whole community Of of Aiken
0: Wow Thank you for doing that.
6: Thank you, and we of
0: course will be coming to you again tomorrow with another new episode of Horses in the Morning, and then on uh, the endurance episode, and then which Jennifer pre-recorded last week with Karen, and then on Wednesday we are heading next tomorrow up to Southern Pines and staying with some driving friends up there, and we're going to be coming to you from the driving center up there in Southern Pines on Wednesday with some more interviews for you and some more. We're going to find out all about the other horsey area in this. southern uh, pines is a
6: nice town i've been there and been to the horse park to drive myself with my friend so you guys have a lovely time up there
0: yeah southern pines is we've been there once before and had a great time there so we're looking forward to that as well and we're looking forward to staying with kitty and for those that go kitty that's an unusual name but i've heard it before dr wendy and i have kitty cadwell on doing training tips every month on the driving show so you have heard kitty before we're going to be parked at her place we're going to go out do some carriage driving there and just touring southern pines and having a good Time so on Wednesday we'll be back from there. As I did say, we're doing video all along here. It's going to be professionally edited into a travel video. So it'll actually Just, be good. So it'll actually be good. But I'm not editing it, and hopefully the hopefully it'll be good. We'll find out. First time doing a travel video, and as I said, this is all practice. Uh, you guys always like to hear uh, what went wrong, and we're going to give that to the auditors in the post Is there show. going to be a blooper video? <laughs> Take outtakes. <laughs> we, we could have a blooper video. There's no doubt about that. But for now amy thank you so much for filling in well thank Appreciate you for it. having
6: me i really enjoyed it please come back and see us we'll have to get your pickup truck full of hay for jennifer to take home to your ponies
0: well, she's already been shopping she's already been over to the checkout a couple times so.
6: oh, behind your back while we were busy right
0: all right hold on auditors we're going to come back with a little bit of a post show